So, hey guys, uh, it looks like we've got things started here. Um, I'm just gonna go for it. There's a little bit of a delay from what uh, I'm saying and what we're recording and what you guys are saying. So I'm still got my eye looking over here to make sure um, if somebody um, comments that we are good to go and that you guys can hear me okay. So, um, anyhow, good morning. Uh, really glad that we can, okay, cool. Thanks, Chris. Um, just got a text from Chris Metcalf. So, um, hey, I, uh, first of all, um, wanted to tell you guys um, about this uh, new online shop that we just started. Uh, any household items or staples that you need, uh, no, I'm totally kidding. Um, but, um, but seriously, it's just, it's good to be with you guys. Um, it's a crazy time that, and season that we, we sort of live in. Uh, this week has been wild. Uh, but I'm really grateful for, uh, God's gift to us in technology, uh, that we're able to, to use, uh, things like, like this and streaming services, like the one that we were able to set up yesterday. Uh, so that we could, in some sense, be together as a church family. Um, just really quick, I want to give a shout out to Tim Streifler, who's right over here, uh, and Courtney and uh, Michael Graham, uh, who came early this morning to, to help us out. Uh, and the biggest shout out uh, to Alyssa, who has, over the last few days, uh, just uh, been such a trooper, such a superhero. Um, ever since we found out just a couple of days ago, uh, like two or three days ago that we didn't have a place to meet for this Sunday, uh, she has been working overtime uh, with the kids, helping me out, making sure that we have all that we need and um, just really grateful for, for her. Um, and another shout out to Kelly Navarro. Happy birthday. Uh, Kelly, um, why don't we all sing? Just kidding, I'm not gonna sing. Um, but, um, happy birthday, Kelly. Um, uh, we, we love you and we're so grateful for just all that you do to serve our church family. And, um, um, yeah, we, uh, we really appreciate you. So, um, thanks all of you guys for just being on here, uh, and, uh, taking time out of, uh, your Sunday morning, uh, even when you're, have an opportunity to like sleep in and be at home. Um, maybe you're still in your pajamas, uh, but uh, I'm just glad that you could um, be be on this with me. And so um, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, get started here uh, with some things that I, I've been wanting to share with you guys uh, from, from my own heart. Uh, I've been really looking forward to just getting behind this camera and talking to you guys about all that's going on. Uh, but before we get into our study, I want to sort of lay some groundwork for what this season and everything going on means for us as a church family uh, and what the next few weeks are going to look like. And so, um, like a lot of you guys, um, as we've been following updates on the coronavirus all week, uh, I have been talking to... Uh, so many uh, of our friends, uh, pastors in our networks, uh, other leaders and medical professionals to, to figure out uh, what would, should be the most appropriate and responsible posture that we should have as a church family. Um, and uh, I've been listening to uh, a lot of uh, chatter, some, some, sometimes with some of you guys personally, uh, but also with um, just all the talk going on online. And I know that um, as I've been listening, that there is a whole plethora of people's postures on, on what, 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 which, uh, on how to, how to look at this and how to think about this. Um, I mean, some of you have questions and concerns. Some of you, others of you have skepticism and, and doubts about, uh, this national emergency. Uh, and uh, a lot of us are just kind of, uh, there's just everything in between too. And so uh, in the middle of all the research and phone calls that I've been uh, making and just uh, talking to some of our leaders and our team, um, in the middle of all that, uh, as many of you know by now, uh, on Thursday evening, I got back-to-back -back emails from the principal uh, of our school, 
the assistant principal and uh, the district office saying that they're going to close all facility use uh, for RSM Intermediate and all the other uh, public schools uh, in the area. Um, Right after I got that that email, I as I was replying to the email, I jumped in my car and I headed over to the RSM bell tower just to inquire because uh, I had no idea what we were going to do yet. And I just needed to know like, hey, if we needed to find a space, like is there other public spaces uh, that we could use and found out that all public spaces, all facility uses are being put on hold. Um, but uh, at around that time is when... Um, you know, that national emergency was declared and um, pretty much everybody is suggesting and all the church leaders and churches just throughout the nation are coordinating that um, we should take time uh, off from our public gatherings just out of love for our neighbors, out of love for those who uh, might be high risk or vulnerable uh, uh, among us. Uh, and this is a decision that, uh, just to be clear, we did not make... Uh, out of fear. Uh, it's not one that we made uh, just sort of by leaning into the, uh, the mass uh, hysteria. We're not panicked in this. We want to be a uh, helpful presence uh, in this. Um, we didn't make this decision out of fear, but with a desire to be faithful, to be most faithful above all to God, loving him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Uh, but then with that, Jesus says the second greatest commandment is just as important as that first one, which is to love our neighbors as ourselves. Uh, and so it was a difficult decision for us to make. Uh, I'm grateful again that we live in a time where we can meet together and, um, and, and, and talk like this and still learn together and be in God's word together. Uh, and I couldn't have done, uh, man, any of this uh, and being able to pivot so quickly without uh, your guys' prayers and the support of our team and some of our leaders. Uh, we went on a couple of video group calls together to kind of figure out how to best tackle this. Uh, and wrestle this in the most faithful way possible. And so I just want to say I thank you guys so much. Um, I love you guys. I'm so grateful uh, for just the way that our church family um, uh, is driving together relationally in this, uh, even when we uh, have barriers physically that keep us apart. Um, I think it's pretty beautiful. So um, again, I just want to say like from... I mentioned this in my email, but it's worth repeating again that God is not surprised by any of this. He's not caught off guard by this. We live in a world uh, where, uh, the, where God is still sovereign and we believe in and worship that sovereign God that he is in control over all things, including death and disease. And so cultivating uh, a biblical perspective and a spirit-driven sort of posture is what's going to ground our hope and help us to be most loving and responsible and wise during this time. And um, this pandemic is not the first of its kind. Like the church, uh, humanity has dealt with things like this uh, time and time again throughout history. Uh, the church uh, has uh, not it has dealt with this in the past. Uh, and God's church um, has always uh, grown closer and stronger uh, and has been a meaningful uh, light and hope uh, and presence in a world of confusion uh, throughout times like this uh, in, in history. Um, and so um, those are sort of like my prefatory remarks uh, to set us up for our time. Um, but uh, again, here's what this is going to mean for us like over the next few weeks. Um, some of the specifics on how this might pan out might change uh, depending because just I mean this is like unprecedented territory for us. Um, we've, we've never dealt with anything like this before. This is our first time utilizing technology like this in order to be together uh, uh, virtually in this way. Uh, and so some of the specifics, uh, of that might change. Uh, but generally, uh, what that means for us is a few things. Um, one, 
uh, our su Sunday gatherings, um, as you may have already read, are suspended uh, for uh, at least the next few weeks through the end of the month. Uh, and that is because we just want to uh, protect those uh, who are at risk. We want to love our neighbors well. And man, if you've done any of the research uh, on the coronavirus, uh, you know that um, everyone's saying that like the, the most high risk uh, category are people that are like 16 up. Um, in Orange County, uh, there's been about a dozen cases and most of those cases are actually people between the ages of like 18 and I think 45. Um, there's only been a couple people uh, in Orange County who've been in the 16 up range, uh, but, uh, but it's, but I mean, they're, they're still saying that that is the most high risk um, demographic, uh, but also uh, women who are pregnant, um, people who have autoimmune diseases, uh, people who have cancer are being treated by cancer or have recently been treated for, for cancer. Um, and, uh, um, and, and, and just, just, I forget what all the categories are. There's like seven or eight categories, but I was looking at the list and it's wild. Like even in our small church community, we have at least one person in every single one of those categories. Uh, and so as a way to like love our church community, but also be loving to our neighbor, um, we're suspending our physical gatherings for that reason. And also we just want to be a good example uh, to the world around us. I mean, we've literally have uh, billionaire business owners who are walking away from billion dollars, billions of dollars of revenue uh, in in uh, order to help slow down the spread of this pandemic. Uh, and uh, man, if many of our national uh, and uh, political uh, leaders are making these adjustments, I mean, the church of all people who have the greatest reason uh, to love our neighbors. Uh, in this way, uh, should should be uh, the leaders in that should be at the forefront of that. And so, um, what that means is that uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to have virtual gatherings just like this. And just to be clear, this is not a substitute for the weekly gathering and assembly of the church that we see laid out for us in the scriptures. I mean, the Greek word for church uh, literally means like congregation or or as, as, assembly. The church isn't just a gathering it's a people who happen to gather who happen to gather once a week on the lord's day uh the day that jesus rose and so we want to um while this isn't a substitute for that um since we're going to be physically away from each other um most of us over the next few weeks we want to lean into uh, this strange providence from God uh, in limiting our physical gatherings. And we want to use creative and innovative ways to stay connected to one another and faithful to Christ as we sort of wrestle through this. Um, and then the next thing is that we are starting a uh, care and response team, which many of you guys um, have uh, already emailed me about. Uh, we just want to be the hands and feet of Jesus uh, to care uh, for those within our community, within our church community, uh, our members who might have needs, but also to care for our neighbors and our broader community. Um, within a few mile radius of Rancho Santa Margarita, there's actually a high concentration of senior living and assisted living homes. Uh, and so we have already started reaching out to them to see whatever kind of practical, uh, spiritual or financial needs we might be able to meet as a church family. Uh, and so, um, that's, that's what we're doing. That's why we're doing it. Uh, and um, I know that some of you guys uh, are still kind of wrestling through the implications of that. Uh, and I'm just going to ask you guys to, to just pray uh, and be patient. Uh, and please be just gracious to, to us as your leaders as we're just trying to, to figure out how to be most loving and most responsible and most faithful uh, to uh, to you, uh, to our communities, and uh, especially to the Lord. So um, with that, let me pray, uh, and then we're going to open God's um, word together. Father, um, thank you so much for uh, just the gift of technology and um, all uh, that we're able to do with it um, in just a weird, strange, uh, awkward, and confusing time like this. Um, I pray, Lord, that um, one, everything would logistically continue to go smooth. 
um, over uh, the next several minutes. Um, and also, Lord, that uh, you would just bless our time uh, together in your word. Um, thank you that your word is timeless and that it's applicable and that it's useful to tell us um, all that we need to know, not only for doctrine, but for living. Uh, and so this is a strange moment to be uh, alive and to figure out uh, how to be together uh, as a church. And so I pray, Lord, that um, by your spirit, you would just draw us closer together and deeper in your word uh, as we spend this time together right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so um, we're going to jump around a lot today, uh, but if you have uh, a Bible, I did it again. I just touched my face. <laughs> so if... Uh, if you have a Bible, um, go ahead and grab that. Um, we're going to be using uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 29 uh, as our main text, but we're going to jump around uh, quite a bit. Um, and uh, I really want to talk about like what kind of posture uh, we, should, we should have um, in our hearts uh, and with the Lord uh, throughout all of this. Um, and so this is going to be more of a kind of more of a topical message because we're jumping around. It's going to be a topical message on the sovereignty of God in the face of confusion and turmoil. Um, but we will be going in first Chronicles chapter uh, 29 to start with. Um, and so uh, before we get into that, um, here's our big idea. Our big idea is that God is sovereign. In other words, he's powerful and in control. And so therefore, we don't have to fret or worry. God is sovereign, so I don't have to fret or worry. I want this truth to be a truth that you preach to yourself throughout this month. That God is sovereign, and so therefore, I don't have to fret or worry. Uh, and truth is, we all need to become better preachers of God's truth to ourselves, right? Like. Some of you guys might be thinking like, wait, like, isn't that, isn't that your job? Isn't that Oscar's job? Isn't that the job of the people who like know how to teach the word and all that stuff? But like, we need to, we all need to know how to learn how to preach gospel truth to our hearts because um, we, we, we need, um, um, we need God's truth in our hearts. Um, it's something, it's a discipline that we, we all need to become better at preaching the gospel, preaching truth to ourselves. Uh, and so this, 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 uh, this big idea that God is sovereign so I don't have to fret or worry, there's two kinds of people that need to hear this uh, right now. It's one, those who are really worried uh, and concerned about everything that's unfolding um, on the news and around us. Uh, worried that this will somehow catch up to you. Um, and so those people need to hear and preach the good news to themselves that God is sovereign, and so therefore I don't have to fret or worry. Like things are gonna pan out under His sovereign care. But the second thing uh, that the second group of people that need to hear this are also those who are frustrated by the mass hysteria uh, that this is causing. Those who are frustrated that uh, we can't be together physically, or that you can't get the groceries or the staples that you that you need, um, and so that demographic also needs to hear the good news that God is sovereign, but I don't have to fret or worry. Both need to preach that truth to the heart. Um, again, like teaching, preaching isn't something that just one guy does on Sunday mornings something that we we all need to do to ourselves to proclaim the truth of God to our own hearts to stir our hearts on how to apply it to to everyday life like if you open up the psalms you'll you'll notice that uh, so many of the psalmists are poetically declaring truths to their own heart uh, in Psalms 42, the psalmist is arguing him with himself. He's like depressed and he's downcast. And he says, why are you downcast, my soul? Put your hope in God. And so um, you, you, you gotta, um, man, you gotta respect the psalmist, someone who's willing to go work on his own heart and say, hey, look, the way that I'm responding to the world around me, I recognize is not in light of God's truth. And so I need to preach God's truth to myself so that I can get sort of realigned with where he's um he wants me to be um 
This is why uh, the Welsh preacher, Martin Lloyd-Jones, he once asked this question. He said, have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? Have you ever realized that most of your unhappiness, most of your anxiety, most of your confusion or frustration in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? Um, Or if it's okay for me to riff on that, we could say, have you ever realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you're listening to the world rather than listening to the word? And so... I want us to be the kind of church that lives out the liberating gospel truths. I want us to be the kind of church that lives in light of the hope of the transforming truths of the gospel. And so let's unpack this idea that God is sovereign and so therefore we don't have to fret or worry. Um, Let's read this prayer that David gives in uh, 1 Chronicles 29, uh, beginning in verse... 11. Beginning in verse 11, and then uh, we'll just actually read to uh, verse 12. David says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you. And you rule over all. In your hand are power and might. And in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. So the idea here uh, in this this passage is David is just like he's before God's nation. He's before God's kingdom. And he is just bursting forth in praise. Uh, this idea that here is is that we have a powerful God. We have a God that is powerful and he's in control and he's in charge and he's sovereign. He has all things in control every minute of every day. He's great. And so because he's great and because he's sovereign, we don't have to be in control. We don't have to fret. We don't have to worry. And that is a liberating truth. How many of us, like, we just always want to be in control, right? Like, that's, that's me. I always want to be in control. For me to have my best life now, like, I need to be in control. Um, how many of us this week, your life, areas of your life, like, went out of control? Things got messy, right? Like, probably all of us. But it's in those moments, it's in seasons like this that like our, our, our character is, is tested. When my plans don't come to pass, am I trusting that God is in control and that he still has a plan for me? Or am I freaking out? Or am I getting frustrated? Am I losing my mind? The, the scriptures talk about God's sovereignty like uh, frequently and regularly, we see that uh, his sovereignty, uh, just even by looking at the world around us, and in Second Chronicles twenty nine eleven, re- read that verse again. He says, uh, um, "He says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory, and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours." David is, is unpacking this idea that, that our God is the maker of heaven and of earth. We read about that in the very first pages of scripture in Genesis 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything was empty. Everything was void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. Uh, and God's spirit was there hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Like, that's wild. That the first word spoken in the universe was let there be light and then suddenly there was light. Before those words were spoken, there was nothing. No time, no matter, just this huge void. And then God spoke it into being and there was light. Like just try to wrap your mind around God's character and, and nature in regards to that. That something came out of nothing just because he spoke it into being. Like none of us can do that. Even in the most, the most creative among us, 
uh, has to use already existing materials in order to create something beautiful, whether it's art or music or what have you, but like only God can create nothing out or something out of nothing. He made it all. He owns it all from the heavens on high to the depths down below. And so uh, David is just uh, expanding on the fact that this is our God. This is our powerful God. Um, he is the great I am. The one who the Bible calls is, is holy. In Isaiah chapter 6, it says, uh, there's all these 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 creatures that are just flying about and they're singing praising God saying holy 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 is the Lord of hosts uh, the whole earth is filled full of his glory notice that that, that that like this word holy has to do with the otherness of of God and when we see God's greatness when we see his his sovereignty, when we start to grasp it, we get to a, a, a glimpse of an, an understanding of how other than us he, he is. Holiness is the only attribute of God that gets repeated three times like that in the scriptures. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. It's not, it's not love, love, love. It's not mercy, mercy, mercy. And to be clear, God is loving and he is merciful. But until we get that he's holy, we won't really understand how truly awesome his love is and how wild it is that he's merciful to us. His love, his grace, his mercy, his justice all revolves around this attribute of God's holiness. He is holy, holy, holy. And so... Um, the difference between uh, somebody who uh, like does religious stuff just for like religion's sake, uh, as opposed to somebody who has a vibrant, uh, real transforming relationship with God, is that um, is that somebody who does religious stuff just for religion's sake, like knows in their head, like intellectually that God is great and that he's sovereign and that he's in control. Um, but those who have a vibrant transforming relationship with God have that, but they also have a sense of its weight. It's not just information in the head, but it's a weight that's felt in the heart. You actually get a taste of it. Um, I think I've used this quote before uh, at King's Cross, but uh, I, I, I just love how Jonathan Edwards articulates this when he says, there's a difference between having a rational judgment that honey is sweet and having a sense of its sweetness. A man may have the former that knows not how honey tastes, but a man cannot have the latter unless he has an idea of the taste of honey in his mind. And that, the idea is that, man, there's a difference between knowing that God is great and that he's sovereign, but it's something else entirely to have a taste of that in your mind and in your, in your heart uh, to where it tangibly just starts to transform you. And that's what it means to capture a glimpse of God's greatness and his sovereignty is that you start to have a taste for uh, what it means to say that God is in control. It's more than just knowledge in your head, but it starts to burrow down into your heart and change you. And I promise, like whatever your view of God is, it's like no matter where you're at in your, in your season of, of faith and walk with Jesus, whatever your view of God is, is just, it'll never be big enough. It'll never be big enough. Like everywhere in scripture, you'll have people that are like really acquainted with the Lord. And when they get a glimpse of his presence and his majesty, they just fall over on their faces. David in Psalm 145 says his greatness is immeasurable. It's beyond comprehension. Uh, here's, here's how he uh, articulates this in, in, in uh, 1 Chronicles 29, the end of verse 11 and then into verse 12. He says, yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. Now, why, why, does, why does this matter, like knowing about God's rule, about his sovereignty, about his greatness? 
Um, it's because his greatness and his bigness and his majesty should inform how you view God's control and power and presence in your daily life. You see, the crazy thing is that this great God that we've been talking about over the last few minutes, who's this great God who is like categorically other than us, he also is intimately involved with us in, 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 in the nearest of ways. He's involved in our dreams, our desires, our affections, our destinies. He's not a great God who is distant, but he's a great and powerful God who is near to us. A God who is intimately involved in his children, with his children. Uh, and what's more is that he actually wields his power and he wields his greatness uh, in a way to show mercy and love to his children. We read about that in the rest of uh, verse 12 when David says, In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. I don't think this is on the slide, but uh, verse 13 says, Now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. What we see here is that God interacts with his creatures in the most intimate of ways. And we know that the, most, the, 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 the perfect example of that is through our Lord Jesus, God the Son. In Colossians 1, it says that by him, by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. So this is a God who rescues captives. This great God heals the broken hearted. He supports the humble. He destroys the wicked, he calms the storms, and he heals us. And the reason that this world is still spinning, Colossians 1 says, is that Jesus holds it all together. He's the creator and sustainer at all times. The moment that he takes his hand off, things will just unravel and fall apart. He's that big, he's that great, and he's that sovereign and in control. Uh, and so, you and I have to choose between this narrative that we tell ourselves where we want to be in control and then we end up being worried or anxious or uh, just frustrated or the real perspective, the true narrative, which says that God is big, that he's great, that he's sovereign and in control. And so Maybe ask yourself this morning, like, what would it look like over these next few weeks or however long uh, we have to be in, in sort of like this, um, this situation? Uh, ask yourself, what would it look like during this time um, if I was not functionally believing in the greatness of God? What would it look like if I was not preaching this truth to myself? I mean, we'd probably be frustrated and angered easily. Uh, we, we, we might start to avoid responsibility or avoid uh, loving others well, not living out our calling. We might be worn out or stressed out or anxious or impatient. Um, and then ask yourself, so then what does it look like for me to functionally believe in the greatness and power and sovereignty and control of God? What would it look like? How would it look differently if I were preaching that truth to myself? If God is in control of the universe at a macro level, like we just saw in the scriptures, and also at a micro level, which we read about in Psalm 139 and, and in other places throughout the scriptures, um, then if this God is involved in our lives and is present and near in, in, in those levels, um, then what is there to fear? What is there to worry about? What is there to be frustrated about? You know, if you're as followers of Jesus this morning, we need to remember that um, God never um, 
promised us a smooth life. He never promised us when we endeavored to start this new church that everything would go smoothly. Um, we're never promised that, but we are promised. Um, while we're not promised favorable circumstances, we are promised favor from God and nearness of God in the midst of those circumstances. And that's so much better. That's so much better in how it stretches our character and how it molds us into the image of Jesus. We see, preaching the greatness of God and the sovereignty of God to yourself in the middle of um, just all the confusion is not to get you out of touch of reality, but it's about helping us have a better grasp of reality. It's about having a biblical perspective, a God-oriented, God-word uh, sort of perspective. It's when God's greatness and his sovereignty becomes more real to you than your frustration and your anxieties and your circumstances. He starts to become more real to you than your greatest dreams and more real to you uh, than your greatest disappointments. Having a firm grasp of God's greatness and sovereignty means that your position as God's child, being found and adopted by that great God is more important to you than everything else going, uh, going on around us. Um, and so that's, um, that's sort of like the posture that I want us uh, to have like over these next however many weeks, uh, one where we are trusting in God's word, one where we are actively preaching truth to ourselves and to um, one another, and to where we say like, look, hard, hard days and um, hard times might come and go, but my afflictions and my troubles are just light and moment momentary. But God is in control. I know he's in control and he's my steadfast and eternal joy. My circumstances might change. My mood might change in light of that. The seasons of life are going to come and go, but God never changes. He's not surprised by any of this and he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so when we rejoice in and focus on his greatness and his sovereignty, we can surrender our, our vain attempts at control uh, and comfort to, to him. Um, and so, um, man, as we find ourselves wrestling with these, um, I want you to ask yourself, uh, am I believing that God is in control uh, or um, am I still trying to maintain like some vain attempt at uh, control in the middle of all this? Am I letting his control and his sovereignty inform my prayer life? The way that I view um, my neighbors and my loved ones and the way I view this situation that um, with our church where we have to be distant from each other for a little while and can't be together or receive communion together like we normally do. Um, in closing, I want to read this passage of scripture um, that we studied last year in Philippians chapter 4. Uh, beginning in verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then he says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Another way to phrase that last verse uh, would be, 
preach this truth to yourself. You want to cultivate the peace of Christ uh, in your heart and in your mind in the middle of all this, then have your mind dwell on these things that Paul listed. Have your prayer life echo uh, David's prayer in, in uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Um, <laughs> uh, Cole Hatter just texted me. I'm the guy that texts during your message because I see the phone on my TV. <laughs> um, thanks, bro. So, um, so um, getting back uh, to message, um, just to close things up. Like, look, no matter no matter how strange things get, no matter how uh, awkward and hard the situation gets, like in reality, we need to recognize and remember that um, our uh, our turmoil. Uh, all this confusion, um, this, even whatever level threat there is to this pandemic, in reality, none of it compares to the cross of Christ. Compared to eternity and the forgiveness that we have in Jesus, like your problems are nothing. Our, this confusion is nothing. One day we'll see that. One day we'll see that our perception of reality was uh, um, uh, was was uh, like diminished uh, or 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 um, uh, twisted. Uh, but what's real and what's true and pure and praiseworthy, like those are the things that's worth dwelling on. The greatness of God, the sovereignty of God, and Jesus Christ, like that's what's worth dwelling on. When Jesus was on the cross, the turmoil of God's wrath consumed him. The great healer of men, Jesus, took on the disease of our sin. The great creator and sustainer of everything hung on a cross in our place. In other words, Jesus is not just our great Lord, but he's also uh, our savior. He's not just the one who holds it all together from above. He's the one who meets us in the mess. And that is worth dwelling on. That is worth preaching to ourselves. And so if you have worries or anxieties or frustrations, my encouragement to you is to find your joy in a God who's great and worthy and sovereign, to run to him, to give your all to him, to trust him and dwell on his benefits. And of course, to pray in his name with great and expectant faith, knowing that he is in control, that he is not surprised by any of this, and that he, like Paul said, will guard our hearts and our minds with his perfect and sovereign peace. Uh, so with that, let me uh, pray for us, uh, and then I'll end our time. Um, Lord, Thank you for um, just the reminder from your word that uh, you are not only great and powerful and sovereign and holy, but that you are good and present and near and merciful. Thank you for taking care of our greatest need, our greatest problem, our greatest tragedy, the curse of the sin that we have. Thank you for taking care of that through our Lord Jesus on the cross and through the resurrection. And because of the resurrection, Lord, that we remember every Lord's Day, even this morning as we gather virtually as a church family, because of the resurrection, we know that we can have triumphant, ensure an expectant hope that you are near to us, that you are present with us, that you are in control, and that your good purposes will always prevail. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Um, so uh, just uh, uh, to be clear uh, about... Um, just uh, one quick point. Um, we are 
uh, not going uh, to be uh, taking communion virtually uh, through these types of gatherings that, that we have. Um, and uh, really, uh, our reason for that is because uh, we believe um, from the scriptures and uh, just theologically speaking, uh, that communion is something for the church to take together when we are assembled in the way that is outlined for us in the scriptures. Uh, and so since this is not really like an online church service, like I don't see this uh, as a, a virtual uh, church service. Uh, this is not a substitute for that, uh, but this is something different that we're doing. This is us just using and leveraging the technology that's available for us to be together in some way uh, and still to be together in God's word in some way. Uh, but the, the um, means of grace associated with assembling together as a church family, with lifting our voices together, reading God's word together, um, um, uh, through like confession and assurance and receiving communion together um, is something that uh, we believe uh, should be something that we do when we're able to assemble physically in a, a, a gathered place together. And so um, uh, on the one hand, let this be an opportunity for us to like sort of lament and be like, oh God, like we, we, uh, we just long to be together again. Uh, face to face, all in one room, uh, uh, and to and to give each other hugs and high fives and smacks on the face uh, with no shame. <laughs> but uh, we also um, um, want it uh, to be um, something that uh, we just look forward to uh, the time when we can be together and when we can take communion again. Uh, together and so uh, some of you have asked uh, about that are we going to take communion through this virtual thing and so the answer is uh, is is no um, not right now for those reasons uh, but let's just uh, pray uh, be hopeful and look forward to um, gathering together physically in one place again hopefully soon um, so with that I want to leave you guys um, with some practical uh, sort of next steps that uh, some of these I included in the email to you and uh, hopefully that was helpful but um, just to go over those once more uh, my encouragement to you in the middle of all this on how can we uh, maintain the sense of community uh, as a church uh, is is first like let's continue to commit to having this regular Sunday rhythm right like Sunday is still the Lord's Day uh, it's still a day that we set aside for community and for fellowship and for worship. Uh, and so to the best that we can, leveraging the tools available to us, uh, we're going to do this uh, on the Sundays that we can't meet together physically and in person. Um, next, just be a good neighbor. Uh, remember, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, be a good neighbor. This is a unique opportunity for us to share and to display the unique hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, there's a passage in 1 Peter where um, uh, Peter is talking to this church that is feel, uh, experiencing um, a lot of uh, turmoil, um, a lot of trials. And on top of that, uh, people are... Um, um, like criticizing them and uh, Peter's encouragement to them is he says, hey, look, like live in such a way where um, like when people ask you uh, what for a reason for the hope that you have within you, uh, you can give an answer to them. In other words, the way that they're living in light of all the confusion, in light of all the turmoil and trials, so demanded a response from the, uh, the watching world where they were asking, uh, the world was asking like, man, hey, you Christians, like, why do you have, why do you have such hope when all of this is going on? Uh, and Peter says, be ready to give an answer for that hope. And so love your neighbors well. Let's be the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, um, and another way that we can stay connected as a church family is, uh, man, just hover on our social media. Uh, uh, we're going to, uh, me and our team is going to be posting uh, more frequently on social media just to kind of help 
um, offset this this uh, just the sense that we can't be together physically. And so let's kind of ramp up like what it means to communicate with one another and connect uh, virtually and socially through those platforms. Um, and uh, if you're uh, if you're healthy, uh, uh, let's just try and stay connected uh, to the best that that we can. Um, um, I'll leave it up to your home group leaders on, on what your uh, groups want to do um, uh, this upcoming week. Uh, we kind of decided as a team that um, the best thing for us would be to kind of put on hold the Erica Mason study until um, everyone could with a clear conscience know that we could all like just gather uh, together uh, safely uh, in, in, in our homes uh, again. Um, but your home group leader um, may still have um, optional gatherings of just fellowship uh, and prayer. Uh, and so um, talk to your home group leader uh, about that and let's still stay connected in other ways. Um, um, to be clear, church isn't canceled. Church is a people. It's a people who gather and our gatherings, our physical gatherings happen to have limits right now. Um, but we're still the church and we still have a mission. We're just not assembling together physically, um, but God is still calling us to give, to serve, uh, to pray, uh, and to be together in some sense through this. And so lastly, again, let's just be hopeful. Uh, hopeful in remembering that our God is powerful. He's controlled. He's sovereign. Uh, he's going to take care of us. He'll get us through this. He'll provide for us. Uh, and, um, and we'll all be together again soon so um that's what i have for you guys um parents uh we are uh going to post a couple of recommended studies on right now media uh for your children uh to use as sort of a devotional like a family devotional that you could lead them in uh, at some point today um, and so uh, we'll, we'll put that on our website at that same link, kx.church slash live. Um, that's going to be the link for all of these virtual gatherings, kx.church slash live. Uh, and so um, parents and families, look out for those links uh, uh, in just a little bit. We'll uh, post that. So love you guys. Um, thanks for being with me and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the King's Cross Church Podcast. We'd like to encourage listeners to be part of a local church gathering. If you're ever in the Orange County, California area, we'd love it if you'd come by and visit on a Sunday morning. For meeting times and locations or any other information about us, please visit kx.church. There's no .com in that, just kx.church. Thanks again for listening.